Would you bring your Bibles today? My, my, my. Take them. Be seated, please. Take them and open them to the book of Galatians. My, there's so much, so much, so much that's happening. And you can't get it all done in one service. But today we're going to get done what we've gathered to do in this service the best we can. Amen. He's helping us today. And you're not going to leave like you came. And I want to say to everyone watching, it is not an accident you've tuned in today. You know, the thing about Pentecost Sunday is it is the Advent, if you will. You know, I'll make a couple of statements. And open your Bibles, please, to Galatians 3, as I said. But the thing about Pentecost Sunday is it is the manifestation or the celebration or the recognition that the promise, somebody say the promise, of the Father. came on the church. Now, we are, you know, we, we put a lot of different names and labels for sake of definition, and, uh, and sometimes those become popular, and that's not a bad thing unless we get ingrained in it and we miss the picture of the whole. And, you know, many times people say the early church. Have you ever heard that term? Well, have you ever heard that term more than once? The early church, the early church. Well, I like that term. That's probably a, a good term. It's not a, a wrong term. It's not even an unbiblical term. Because we talk about the early and the latter rain, and we talk about the end of times and all of those things. But I think it leaves most people with the idea that that church was a different church. And what we need to embrace is it's not the early church. It's the beginning of our church. That the New Testament doesn't know a church without the absolute, unadulterated, unashamed, complete atmosphere filled with the Spirit that was promised from the Father based on the resurrection. Are you hearing me? Uh, and, and make sure, you know, I know he's working on it. I could hear us ringing on the edge and all. But uh, I'm going to do my best to, uh, to teach it out. So if you can fill me up as much as you can, I appreciate it. Praise the Lord. Now, here's the thing. The thing is, we, the church, and to a great degree rightfully so, because a truth is an eternal truth that no one, it is impossible to calculate the immeasurable greatness, the riches of the grace that's been afforded us at the cross of Calvary. I don't want to take a lot of time uh, making this point, but I need to take enough time where people, because of religious tradition, can go with me and not just throw on the brakes immediately. In some way as if I'm dishonoring the cross. For a long time, now hear me, as much as I love the cross, we have a, I have a ring that I wear every day. And it's a ring that God gave me the design of that a dear partner in the Lord who has crafted and skilled in this arena created for us after God gave us the design. It became our family ring. 
boys have one, Suzanne has one, Lori has some semblance of something on a watch. And this is something that, and, and the Lord gave it to me. And it, it's a cross. I've gotten more compliments on this than I think anything else I've ever had in my life. They say, ooh, where'd you get that? I, want, I said, well, the Lord, you know, and, and it's a testimony piece. Uh, it's amazing how the Lord has used it. It was never designed for that. It's just for our family. So I guess what I'm trying to communicate is I need you to hear what I'm saying in light of my honor, my life laid, everything we are all in, completely vested at the foot of the cross. I want you to totally and in no way hear that I'm taking anything away from the work of the cross. But I want to tell you why the church is powerless. Church is powerless for the most part around the world because they have a cross religion. And they don't have a triumphant throne religion. They treat Jesus as if he's still on that tree, so much so that they wear him around their neck. They put him on statues in the church like he's still bleeding, defeated on a tree. And he is not. You need to get very clear that the cross is awesome as, as dimension changing, as testamentally creating, as fulfilling as it was, as awesome, even as hideous as the torture was for him to take our curse, taking nothing away from the cross. We don't empty the cross of its power, but we have to embrace with everything within us, it was a means to an end. The cross wasn't where we were supposed to stay. The cross was to get us to Pentecost. In fact, I think we're dishonoring the cross if we're not absolutely slap dad wall to wall full of the Holy Ghost. If, we will ref if we're refusing the power of God, if we're refusing the gifts, if we're acting like I don't understand why, if we're living normally in our own strength, if we're pushing trying to make it happen, if we're beating our head against the Bible trying to make the Bible come to pass, then we've missed the entire whole point of why Jesus died on the cross. Because he didn't die on the cross to leave us defeated. He didn't die on the cross to leave us without answers, guidance, help, gifts, authority, and power over the devil he died to destroy. A church that's not full of the Holy Ghost is a church that's dishonoring the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Woo, there I said it. And God right now in these last days, his eyes are roaming over the, over the earth looking to and fro. For a church that will not just come in an assembly of religious gathering. If there's tears like diamonds that are falling to the earth, it is God weeping for his church to arise and manifest themselves as the children of God. To create the difference between us and a world who's lost and undone with no hope and no power and no access to the very spirit we're taking for granted, which is this great, mighty, glorious Holy Ghost. Whew. My, 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 my. He's the agent of victory. He's the absolute agent of miracles. And by and large, my experience around the world is most of the church 
has neglected his very presence. They get baptized in the Holy Ghost and speak a few words in a strange language and, whoo, I got baptized. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And never let him pray out their life through them day after day. Hello? I mean, there's, and so they that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the, oh, they're the children of God. The mature children of God are led by the Spirit. The mature children of God, the mature church is Holy Ghost conscious. God inside minded. Revelation of righteousness. Not stuck on the cross, but administrating their life from the throne. Realizing that every name that is named is underneath their feet. And they stop putting up and calling normal the very things Jesus died to redeem us from that he calls a curse. And uh, so, as we're reading this today, just, and to be honest with you, you know, discipleship class can go many directions. You may or may not understand exactly what's happening here today, but uh, one of the things that's happening right in our very midst is this idea where the Lord visited me a few weeks ago and said, where did death come from? I want you to, I really want you to help the church start dealing with the idea of death. And, uh, and so we're not even going to talk about that very much today, but it's absolutely right center lane to dealing with it. Victory over death is why you're filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> He's the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I said, he is the spirit of life. If the very spirit that raised him from the dead dwells in you, it will make your mortal body alive. We're, we're absolutely talking about the fact that the Holy Ghost came on you and in you is with you and working around you to deliver you from the effects of the law of sin and death. That's his very purpose. So death did not come from the Spirit of God. Let's make that real clear. God's kingdom is not divided. He didn't die to give us life, only after that changed his mind to kill us for some high purpose of judgment. He's not against us. If God be for us, who could be against us? Woo, glory to God. Aren't you glad he's for you today? Aren't you glad the one that's in you is greater today than everything that is against you? And therefore, we have the victory. Oh, my, my, my. And so I want to talk today in dealing with the law of sin and death, I want to talk about the answer. Not what the problem is. Death is the problem. Let's talk about the answer. The answer is choose life. Yes. Glory be to God. That there is a life cycle that when set in motion will lift us out from among the normalcy of people that are plunged under the light line and subject to the curse and death. Amen. Glory be to God. Oh, my, my, my. And the day of Pentecost was the separation point. Amen. All right, so let's just go into this a little bit. I think it'll be a blessing to you. Galatians chapter 3. And, um, and if you can, fill me up even a little bit more. Maybe a little bit, maybe put some lows in there or something. I, I, in my own heart, I feel a little tinny on top, you know. Praise the Lord. All right, Galatians chapter 3. And I want you to look at this. <clears throat> And um, I'd like to uh, just start reading in verse 13. Now let's, let's just 
I think we'll get further than this verse in the class today. But it's certainly our, our capstone, our cornerstone. And we need to base from it. We need to see why Jesus, the seed of Abraham, said he came to fulfill that covenant. What is the ultimate manifestation that proves that Jesus fulfilled the everlasting blood covenant of Abraham? And I want this to come alive to you today. Verse 13, Christ has redeemed us. That means based upon what he did in his redemption, we no longer have to live the same way Amen. that we did before we were redeemed. Amen. We had a life before we knew we were redeemed. And now there's a life that is different since we've been redeemed. Amen. Oh, glory to God. I just sense the Lord helping me now. There's an anointing in here. Can you sense it? He has redeemed us. From what? Said the curse. Oh, my, my, my. I'm so glad. Oh, I'm no longer under a curse. I'm not jinxed. I wasn't born on the wrong side of the tracks. I'm not a minority, a majority. I'm a blessed child of God. Only reason people think those other thoughts about themselves is, they, is they're flesh conscious. They're thinking about their body. And I want to read something to you. And in, in dealing with death, I think it's important to talk about this briefly. Um, and it would be John chapter 11. And let's just read it. I'll come back to Galatians and praise the Lord. But you know, Jesus, in dealing with the family who was grieving over what seemed like the untimely death of Lazarus. And he did, we know the story, he did get raised from the dead. And his testimony was so great that they didn't only want to kill Jesus, they plotted to put Lazarus back to death. I mean, I don't know if you've ever read that, but it says the Jews didn't just want to kill Jesus, they wanted to kill Lazarus too because of his testimony. And so we see the spirit of death was always at work trying to take him out. Amen. And I want to read this because I think it will be a blessing. Um, here it says in verse 25, Jesus said to Martha, because he's, he's working with her for faith about, now hear me, hear me, resurrection life manifesting over in the realm of the flesh. I want to make a couple of points here about this. Because she had put all resurrection life after the flesh. And I'm going to make two or three points about this. I just want you to see. So Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection. That doesn't sound like I was or I will be. So right now, no matter what condition you're in, for the spirit-filled believer, the power available 
from his resurrection is available to do the same thing for you in putting you over into victory over whatever the law of sin and death is throwing at you. See, we, we say things like death and we think, we're thinking funeral, you know, somebody, ha their physical body is laying there stiff and can't move. But I want to read something to you and I, I believe the spirit of revelation is going to help you today with this. He says, I am the resurrection and the life and he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Living while you're dead. Living while you're dead. Now, there are a lot of folks that don't know the Lord, and in Thessalonians, Paul calls them dead men walking. There are a lot of people, their body looks very much alive, and they're dead as can be. So let's go to Bible definitions instead of being conscious of it in the natural. Notice what he says here. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me, now here's the key phrase, shall never die. I said shall never die. Well, does that mean then that laying our physical body down is defeat? Because there's sure a whole lot of people still dying if that's the definition. I just want to get you thinking about what he's saying here. And I, I want more than head knowledge. I'm believing God for revelation today. I want to look at this in the Amplified Classic. It says it in a way that I think will be a blessing to you. Notice what it says here. As we bring this, verse 26 in the Amplified Classic. Whoever continues to live and believes in, has faith in, cleaves to, and relies on me, shall never actually die at all. Do you believe this? That's what he's asking. Do you believe this? Do you believe that when you got born again, you did all the dying you will ever do? You need to understand, there's a day you'll check out of your body and go home when your race is done. But you're not going to die again. You're never going to die again. <laughs> Death has been defeated. <laughs> Woo, there is resurrection in the room. The problem with the body of Christ is we got death on the brain, not life on the brain. Huh? You know, people call it life insurance, but what they're really doing is investing in death. <laughs> you can call it what you want, but <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? It's this mentality and this awareness that we understand that we face the curse and the law of sin and death that's around us every day, right? But we've done all the dying we're ever going to do. I was talking to my mother, who's soon to be 96. And she's had some visitations from the Lord. She's not going to heaven tomorrow. Out of her body, I'm talking about. But she keeps asking me, has the Lord said something to you? Because she knows that 
pretty much the Lord talks to me about these things and I have a covenant with him, he will. He'll let me know. But as I told her, and she's probably watching right now. No, mama, he hadn't said anything to me yet. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but then I had to talk to her about how it really works. I said, you do realize that when you step out of your body, for a little while, you're not going to know it. See, people, people really have never been taught this. They have no idea. They, they're haunted by the idea of a loved one, let's say, that had a tragedy. And the idea is, Oh, I just, I just, I have nightmares at night thinking about how they must have suffered in that car crash or how they must have suffered in that fight. No, if they were a believer, they didn't even know what happened. I'm telling you, I know by the Holy Ghost, they didn't experience, they didn't taste the death. That's the power of the cross. Jesus tasted death for every man. I learned this early, early on. When I was a very young child, we were, uh, I, I learned it, but I learned it because we had some experiences pressing into God over things that happened in the ministry. We've had great, great victories, wonderful victories, but we also had other situations where, uh, I mean, I can look around the room and there's still some folks that experience it. You know, Doc, I think you were on the softball field that day when Sonny went to heaven. There are people in the room when, uh, a young boy named Samuel in a T-bone car accident went to heaven. And as a young preacher, all the pulls of all the expectation of the people and people coming with things they thought they had seen and dreams and whatever and learning early in the ministry how to really have the sharp two-edged sword of the Holy Ghost and the Word to cut between the soulish emotional dreams that come from trauma and the voice of the Holy Ghost that takes hold with you with the spirit of faith to raise the dead. Those are two different things. And if you don't know much about how the realm works, you, you, you can't cut through all that because you're in grief. You, you don't have time to learn it in trauma. Right? So as a preacher, I remember ministering to the family and all of those things and walking through it. And the Lord... The Lord took me through the Word. He took me through the Psalms and some things I'm not going to today. But He showed me, I literally in a vision, I'll never forget because I fasted, I prayed. You know, young preachers, I mean, you're praying tongues like a madman because you don't know what to do, you know, and you've got all this weight on you and all these expectations and phone calls and people pulling you and nobody to tell you what to do. These are, you know, and, and the Holy Ghost. Somebody said the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Oh, He's been so good to me. And I'd pray over it, and I saw, I'll never forget, I saw that event. I wasn't there in the natural when it happened, but in a vision, he took me, and I saw the event. I'll never forget it. Mm, God's so good, I'd forgotten about Not forgotten about it, but you know, you, you, you have so many experiences in life that there's things he brings back up for teaching moments. I saw a company of angels. And I mean, they flew at lightning speed. They went, Whoo. Little Samuel was in a car seat. And he was by the door of a van. And he was T-boned at an intersection on an Arkansas highway. And I saw those angels come right before, right before that impact. 
I saw them retrieve his spirit. I saw it. His little spirit went with the angels and he was so happy. I saw it. And his little body, of course, was ravaged by this accident. And uh, I'll never forget that, how, how what it did inside of me. And the Lord said he, he never knew. To this day, as I see the family here and there, sometimes years apart, we cross paths. They talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit and the supernatural miracle of creative healing it did to their soul to allow them to go forward with their children, to allow them not to get stuck in the demon cycle of grief that was released in the earth because of Adam's sin to plunge mankind below that law of sin and death, the light line. Grief can, can cause so many things, but people don't realize it's a demon. And so much of that has to do with not actually believing that you will never die again at all. Am I helping anybody today? So we'll not actually die at all. I had an experience um, in, uh, in the Lord on, uh, in the month of uh, January, January the 30th. I, I want to say it was 2017. I was in a bedroom three in the morning and uh, a heavenly being, I won't, it doesn't matter who, who or how, but point is I was, I was staying in the pastor's home and I was doing a set of meetings and I was awakened at three in the morning. And suddenly, I mean, when I say suddenly, I'm talking about you can't snap your fingers. It was quicker than that. You can't blink your eyes. It was quicker than that. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like the rapture is going to be an atomos, twinkling of an eye. The time that light at 186,000 miles per second can travel from your cornea and register on your retinal nerve, and that time, you're changed and out of here. So if you can measure how fast light can get from the cornea of your eye to the back of your eye at 186,000 miles a second, that's how fast it's going to be when whoo, you're raptured. And this body gives away this corruptible into incorruption. Glory be to God. This mortal into immortality. I'm telling you, the trumpet's going to blow and poof, you're out of here. And you're not going to even know what happened. You're just going to be in heaven. And you're like, how'd this happen? And that's what happened to me. I mean, the glory was there. Next thing I knew, I was in the glory. And whether in the body or out of the body, I can't tell. And I, I came, after you experienced these things, I can read to you what the Apostle Paul said, just so that you understand what we're talking about here, so I can have some teaching along these lines. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's, let's read it, verse 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, I believe it will be helpful to you there. He says that he will doubtless come again. Notice this. It is not expedient for me doubtless to glory. I will come. Say, I will come. So he had faith for this, that he was going to have these experiences because Jesus told him he was. I'm having faith right now. I don't think I'm going to have time to get there. But I want you to understand that it is God's will for this spirit that I'm talking about this morning to be so fully active in your life that you are clear about how he set you in the body and that the body is incomplete without his spirit operating in its grace through you. And what's holding the increase of the ministry back is people not getting in their set place and releasing their gift by faith and walking in this resurrection life. That's what's holding the body back. Brother Tracy, you're not going to believe it in all by itself. That's unscriptural. Amen. 
And the Holy Ghost wants his body back. I said the Holy Ghost wants his church back. Amen? Now, notice what it says. It's not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ. Now, he's speaking third person here. This is Paul talking about himself. But he says, I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago. Now, look at this. Read it out loud with me. Whether in the body, I cannot tell, or whether out of the body, I cannot tell. God knows. That means he couldn't tell whether he's in his body or out of his body. He didn't know whether he was still inside his earth suit or his earth suit fell over down here and he was in heaven without his earth suit. And that's what it's like when you die. You're absent from the body and present with the Lord just like that. One breath here, one breath there, and you didn't even know what happened. You're out of your body. Because you are not your body. And your body is not you. You know, and when you step out, here's the other thing. Since you're always used to looking at yourself in the mirror, you have an imprinted two-dimensional view of yourself. You don't even know what you look like from the back. You know, all you ladies, you try to foo-foo your hair by using two mirrors. Because you don't, you don't know what you look like from the back. So you'll step out of your body and you'll, you'll say, whoo Woo, glory, woo, because, I mean, it'll feel like you can run a marathon. You're like, ah, oh, resurrection life surging through your glorified self, free from the level of that encumbrance. And you'll turn around and look at that mud sack. And you'll say, oh, that's me. That's my body. You won't even recognize yourself. In fact, you'll wish you looked better. You say, I didn't know I looked like that from the back. <laughs> or sideways. <laughs> no wonder I held my head up when they took my picture. Because all the mud is sliding. It's a mudslide. It's just. I mean, really, this is exactly what's going on. <laughs> and you'll have such a disdain. You won't want to get back in that body for anything. Honestly, you'll, you'll, you'll say, ooh, I spent all that time and effort and money and everything else to try to, no wonder I, I spent all that money on those clothes. I needed to cover that thing up. Ain't nobody want to see that. You get in the glorified realm, that's what it looks like, I'm telling you. And that's, how, that's where you are. You don't think, you don't even think the same. See, you're not captured by the thoughts of the weights of the fleshly mind. There's a carnal mind and a spiritual mind, and when you get out of your body, you've laid your carnal mind down. See, glory be to God. Oh, your body's pulls and its thinks and its emotions and its hungers and its no, no. You don't even know. You won't even know. I'm so glad Jesus tasted death. I'm so glad. Glory be to God. You don't have to get sick to die. You don't have to have an accident to die. You can just check out like you check out of a motel. Praise the Lord. 
Now, here's the other thing. Because every day, it's like standing in a bus terminal or an airport lounge and looking at the tote board. This one's going to Singapore, and that one's going to Caracas, and this one's going to Ontario, and this one's going to Vancouver, and this one's going to Washington, D.C. Dulles, this is going to Washington, D.C. Reagan, this is going to Philadelphia, and this one's going to Seattle. Why? Because there's departures. And then you go over here, and here's another tote board. Here's arrivals. And every day... Literally every day, if, you, if the Lord should open your eyes, you see, whew, 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 and there's all kinds of departures. There's all kinds of arrivals. Doc deals with arrivals all the time. Spirits going between those realms. It's not as mysterious as you think, and there's certainly nothing to be feared. Jesus took the sting out of it. Oh, glory be to God. Oh, glory be to God. So you can see what happens when you fear. It's not the fear of death. The bigger, the bigger tragedy when you let fear in is we keep the law of sin and death at work. When a person fears death, it says in Hebrews chapter 2 that they're subject to bondage all their lifetime. Let's look at that real quick. I only have a few minutes today, but let's look at that. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 2, and we're going to read the Amplified in verse 14 and 15 because I think this will be a blessing to you. Glory be to God. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. Notice what it says here. Since therefore these, his children, share in flesh and blood. Now look at this. In the physical nature. One of the, one of the things about the Holy Ghost is he delivers you out, up and out from. The limits, the constraints, the pulls, the curse, the torment of the physical nature. Now, this is what the Bible means when it talks about walking in the spirit and not walking in the flesh. It doesn't mean you leave your body. It means your body doesn't have the pull on you because you're operating a law of life that supplies resurrection life over in this realm to your body to get your life span completed and your work done within that lifespan so that you can be satisfied with long life, which is what Jesus died and paid for. Amen. That we don't get evicted before we say we're done. That death or the law of sin and death can't serve us an eviction notice. Glory to God. I'm so grateful. You're not going anywhere anytime soon. You know that. Okay. Just making sure we need you. The body needs you. Paul said to stay here is more needful for you, he said. He made a choice. Thank God. Since therefore these his children share in flesh and blood in the physical nature of human beings, he himself in a similar manner partook of the same nature. That by going through death in a physical body, he might bring to naught and make of no effect him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Woo! He did it as a man in a physical body. I said he did it as a man in a physical body for you and me. Also, also, say also, that he might deliver. Glory be to God. See, we need deliverance from this. People don't understand. Fear is not normal. Fear is not healthy. We need to be delivered from it. 
It's a demon spirit that's trying to keep us in this other cycle that's trying to destroy us. We got to come up out of that. Glory to God. We got to resist that just like we would sin or the devil himself. Fear is the devil himself, an operation against your soul, your emotions, trying to get you paralyzed, confused, and to make decisions in the carnal realm where he gets access to you. That's why we walk by faith and not by fear. Praise the Lord. Notice what he said. And also that he might deliver and completely set free all those who through the haunting fear of death were held in bondage. Now look at this. Throughout the whole course of their lives. If you let it, fear will affect your entire course, the course of your whole life. You'll make decisions based on it. You say, how did I get here? Easy. Decisions determine directions. Directions determine destination. And what happens is you make a fear decision. You're going to go in the direction. And if you stay in that direction, you will wind up in the destination that fear wanted you to go. Well, faith has the opposite effect. Glory be to God. It'll produce the victory. I said it will produce the victory. Now, let me finish up quickly because we're almost out of time today. Galatians chapter 3, let's go back there because I want to show you something. Aren't you glad we're redeemed? Woo, glory be to God. Look at verse 13. Christ has redeemed us. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Everyone. See, according to God, you and I, we hung on that tree. Everyone hung on a tree. See, we died. We did all the dying we're ever going to do. Glory to God. Now you can see why cross religion keeps you in the curse. Because the purpose of the cross was to, was, to, was to nail the curse down. We can't stay in a cross religion and never walk in the total victory of the blessing. You know, I love the old songs like At the Cross. At the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light. And the burdens of my heart were rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight. Happy all. Well, now, if you really received your sight, why aren't you happy? I mean, let's do the rest of that hymn. If you really got insight to what happened at the cross, then the idea is you won't stay there unhappy. <laughs> You'll get over in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost because you're happy. The burden has been rolled away. I have been redeemed. I'm alive and not dead. And I have access. Oh, do you see what's happening here? There's results on the other side of what he redeemed me from. And it's called the blessing. Somebody say the blessing. The blessing. The blessing. Oh, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm not cursed. I'm blessed. I'm redeemed from the curse. Glory be to God. Everyone hung on that tree. I did. You did. Look at the next. The, the blessing. The purpose purpose of the cross was that the blessing, blessing of who? Abraham, Abraham might do what? Come on who? Is that you? Is that me? The nations in the earth. This blessing belongs to you and me. The reason Jesus died on the cross is that this blessing, this promise would come on every one of us. Through Jesus Christ that we might what? We might receive our healing. That we might receive our prosperity. 
That we, no, no, read it. Is that what it says? I'm talking about the Bible now. Did the Bible say, receive the promise of hallelujah, my ship's coming in. Glory to God, the bank gave me a favorable notice. Praise the Lord, I got that promotion. No, that's included. Here's the one man. Listen, when you get this promise, you get them all. You need to understand, there's not gifts of the Spirit. There is the gift of the Spirit. And when you get him, he'll manifest himself to bring to pass every other promise. The purpose of the cross was to get us to Pentecost. Glory be to God that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And you can see he operates by faith. Faith, when I, in other words, I come to church believing the spirit of resurrection will manifest. I have faith in the spirit. I have faith that the Holy Ghost is going to manifest today just like he did at Pentecost. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That I'm not stuck in a dead cross Oh, woe is me, unworthy. Let's go back and repent, roll around, cry, get God to bless us, tie his hand behind his back, beg him to answer our prayer. No, that's not, that's not who we are. We are crucified with him, yes, but we were also buried with him. We also went to hell with him. We were also raised with him. We also ascended with him. And glory be to God today. I don't have a cross religion. I've got a throne religion. I'm seated with him high and far above principality, power, might, dominion, every name that is named. And the very spirit that did it, the very same spirit that did it came from on me and around me to live inside of me, will never leave me or forsake Shake me, and now greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm redeemed from the curse. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Whoa! Stand on your feet. Come on. It shouldn't take a jackhammer to blow Holy Ghost folks up out of their chair. Folks that are moving on the inside, their outside can't stay still very long. And it's not because you're young. You got the eternal young spirit in you. You got the Holy Ghost. If it blew his body up out of the ground, it can take your little old body. Huh? I mean, fine. If we need to make lanes, great. Okay, so the young ones won't run over the old ones. But we'll just make an outside lane. If you want to run like this, run like this. We'll just put tape down and make two lanes. I mean, you do it on interstate all the time. There's a passing lane. We'll just make a passing lane. Yeah. Hallelujah. Now, I appreciate you, Brother Kevin, but I didn't see any slow laners follow you. See, that's what I'm talking about right there. Quick to move. Quick to respond. Quick to yield to the Holy Ghost. Quick to... Now, whoo. I'm over time. I guess I'll get into it in exhortation. I am working on my faith, so I'm drawing the line. Hallelujah. Whoa, I'm happy. It's Pentecost Day. Amen. Glory be to God. That, oh, yeah, there's a glory storm on the horizon. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The tomb is empty. You are Lord, and all of our dreams are coming true. Oh, glory to God. Give the Lord a shout. Come on now. Thank him a little bit. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. 